0: Live at Bar Canada, inside the D Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Your dad is like freaking Ari on steroids. Yeah. That is the worst.
0: No, I'm very aggressive. It's it's
1: ridiculous, I'm just
0: out of control. That was my shot arm, I don't know why I just did that. It's time for Cofield and Company, with Steve Cofield. ESPN, Las Vegas.
1: Alright, here we go on a Monday. Cofield & Company Show. Every Monday we're at the D, getting ready for Vegas Golden Knights Hockey. But, you know, there's other sports going on. We got the front end of the Elite Eight as games go a little after 4 o'clock and also at 7 o'clock. Early start today. Clearly, you can hear us right now. So, uh, noon to 4 with Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is down here at the D. Bar, Canada we will cut out at 4 o'clock as Oregon State and Houston will come on. And then Baylor will take on Arkansas. And the must-bus, people in the state very familiar with the exploits of Eric Musselman.
2: Must-bus rolls on. Yes.
1: I have some thoughts about the must-bus and what could have been. Figure you do. What could have been. And then uh, we've got a. Bunch of college basketball hirings to react to, VGK game tonight to get you ready for, and uh, Adams Michigan Wolverines still alive. Did it pretty easily too. Uh, finally, you know, looking like a, a dominant team from the get-go in a game. But speaking of that, that was a massive game over the weekend. Massive game for the Golden Knights, right? Yeah, uh, for
2: sure. And we talked Friday uh, about the fact that the result really didn't matter. I mean, it matters in the grand scheme of things. You want to keep your lead in, in the division and you want to, you know, send a message, all those sorts of things. You, you, may, you, want to, you definitely want to get first place because we talked about uh, how much easier that matchup is, is probably going to be than the second place matchup. We have a long way to go in the season. Really, it was just about bouncing back from a, a really, really disappointing effort uh, on Thursday. And the Golden Knights needed to play better. Whether they won or lost, they just needed to put a better performance out on the ice. And they did that. And in the process, they also got two points. So they got the result they wanted and the performance that they wanted, uh, which I thought was really, really important uh, for where they were in the season. And so you know, good for them. They, they fall behind in the game. They tie it up. They get the win in overtime and get the two points and uh, keep that lead in the division. But I think more importantly, tell Colorado, like, hey, we can come in here and win in this building, which is probably going to be a series come playoff time. So you want to make sure that you uh, that you know that you can win there, and, and I thought for a lot of different reasons that was a good performance for the Knights on Saturday.
1: Margin for error is zippo in this division. If you want to win it, yeah, yeah. Like, Why if, would you not want to
2: win it? Well you would. But I'm saying you're you're going to be in the playoffs. Like the playoffs is what matters, and that's where right. That's what's, where it's going to be important. What's the
1: benefit of having a division title?
2: Uh, well, you get the home ice in the playoffs, which is which is going to be big, especially because we don't know what the percentages are of fans in all the different arenas, but. Uh, you would expect at least fifty percent of fans to be there for, um, you know, at T-Mobile in the playoffs, and they're they're very they haven't lost since fans were in there. Uh, we know what they've done in the past in that building, so that's going to be important. But also, uh, there's th- there's really three teams in the in the division, in the Honda division. <laughs> Steve is, is is really to uh, refer to the corporate name, uh, but there's really only three teams. So, whoever gets first is going to avoid playing potentially Minnesota uh in that in that first round and most likely get a little bit better uh advantage
1: in the first round of the playoffs what's the gut feeling or the signs on what attendance could be at the three arenas denver minnesota and vegas it's a great question um like where are the other two trending
2: i haven't haven't really paid attention to what their you know what their future is going to be uh in terms of where we're going to be come playoff time um but I would imagine it's going to – there's going to be – I would say – I would just guess right now, like, my rough estimate is going to be for all non-California teams, we're probably going to be at least 50%. That's what I would look at as as kind of the standard of where where you're going to be.
1: And then UFC is planning on being at T-Mobile. July 10th, Conor McGregor, T-Mobile. And not before that? 100%. Not before that? No. It's not going to be 100% in July.
2: Do you believe that's the case? Well, they won't go there, then. They said they won't go unless it's 100. So
1: what do you think is going to happen? I think yeah. I'm guessing they won't be there. Else, that's don't that's you tough. think don't you think it'll be a logistical nightmare as well if if they're going to require what do you think is going to happen? Are they going to require vaccinations or proof of? I would hope so. I don't think they I don't think they will. The UFC crowd. Well, I, I've uh, I and here's, and here's the thing. No, I know. A- answer my question, but I, I mean no. Right, no, UFC no, they, the, they, the, the the UFC crowd having to show proof of vaccines. You better have fighters in security uniforms out front to fight people. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I've seen it like just, just freaking chokeholds, triangles. I literally one, one punch knockouts, and just have a paddy wagon there ready to go. I literally just right. saw well, <laughs> scoop and, them up.
2: Maybe that's the hope. all the affliction shirts. If maybe they're that's still the wearing hope.
1: them. You can announce one hundred percent. Right. and
2: say, well, it's, we're going to have 100%, and we know that about 60% of our fans are going to get arrested before the event Wow, uh, right outside, so it will only be 40% we, capacity.
1: We've discussed this before, though. It, this is pretty easy to manage at sporting events. You can't buy a ticket unless you have something uploaded on your phone that shows you got vaccinated. But here's here's the issue. And, that, now, and the, decision, the decision is the promotion versus the venue. In the end, I would think the venue has control, and we're going to have the test case before that say – Say VGK makes it to, you know, late in the playoffs and we're in May and then into early June, and they're only allowing 50%. What, it's going to be 100% because the UFC wants 100% a month well, later? Well, it, so it might work the other way. So here's the thing. Just keep in mind. It actually
2: could benefit the NHL. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, which could it could be a T-Mobile Arena. Yeah. Game 7 would be July 9th. It's that late? July 10th is the, U- is the proposed Conor McGregor-Dustin oh. Poirier fight at T-Mobile Arena. There you go. So if they were going to say 100% for that – there's no way that the Golden Knights would only have 50% for their games. So maybe it works the other way and the Golden Knights say, hey, listen, they're doing 100%. We've got at least we to at least be at 80, right? Wow. Can we can we get 80?
1: And the decision is not that of the governor, right, no. by July?
2: No, it's out of their hands.
1: Who makes the decision?
2: I thought it was the county commission. <laughs> I'm not, I know I'm not you sure had about that. The question the other day it was like it's,
1: county medical officials. Yeah,
2: it, and, and I said, who is that? And, and and our you know our good friend Justin Watkins is like, well, it's a, it's a medical panel. Like, who what, who is this? Can can you tell I, me a person? Is I can't wait. Is it John wait. Smith? Yeah. So I'm knocking overboard. Is it John Smith that works in the, does he have an office somewhere? Like, who is this person that's making the determination?
1: I can't wait for this to unfold. But but it's who, already, if it was the commission, who is going to step up on the commission to tell the Golden Knights and UFC you can't have 100, percent which by the way, I I can't imagine hundred percent'll be good to go in July I'm still I, I still question whether it's gonna be hundred percent for the football season I think we'll be fine by football
2: but, I mean you're, you're right the numbers are ugly today not in Nevada but in a lot of places are really ugly cases rising in 24 states um, it's it's getting you know it's getting to a point of like people are getting way too relaxed mm-hmm. which is what exactly what we talked about of like we're so close could we wait a month to do all
1: this you, nonsense you know what's gonna happen now, do you think those are mostly... This is a wild guess, right? We're both making a wild guess. Of course. Do you think it's increasing in certain states because people got the vaccine or they still haven't gotten the vaccine? Because they haven't. Because they haven't? Right. Okay.
2: And it's a lot of people... A lot. No, of you know what I'm sexually. saying is that
1: once, you, once you have the vaccine in the first or the second, you can still be a carrier, so you could you could feel like you have this shield of invincibility, but you could actually give it to others. No, but they're, they're finding more and more you can't. Okay. Well, that's good news. I know the study that came out today said probably
2: 90% by the time you're second... By the time of your second really? vaccination, all right, two weeks after, so do it. But but here's so Angel just
1: took off his mask. You're just already
2: you already seeing the debate. Like Kidding, people, he didn't do that. You talked about earlier. Like I want something on my phone that says, "Hey, I'm vaccinated. I can go. I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. I can I can you know buy tickets to things. Like let's do this." But people are fighting back on that. They're whole, like, all, "There's all these people now that are saying, see, They're, they want to do a vaccine passport that tells you you're vaccinated.' And mm-hmm. all this is is about control. It's not about vaccination. No." It's about you're vaccinated, you're okay, you can do what you want. It's not about control. It's not about all these other nonsensical things that I can. I you're can making it up about.
1: I can listen to that argument. No, I can it, listen to that discussion. It's, it's, it's all conspiracy. I days. can.
2: That's fine, but do you want to do stuff or not? Like th- that's it. And, and, that's, and
1: this is the question we knew we'd right, be facing right, but, when arenas opened up, and that there are going to be people out there who are like, "Yeah, I don't want to be tracked by the
2: government." I almost responded to it's a former fighter who's a Q, and he's saying like. You really want a? You really want vaccine passports so people know your business and what's going on? And, your, and I said,
1: yeah, I be, yes, yes, I do, one hundred percent, yes, I do. I mean, in the end, I'm sure there'll be lots of lawsuits. These are private businesses. I think they can do what they want in terms of what they require. So it's going to come to a head when yeah. when things start opening up in states where they're going to say, hey, you can't come into the arena without a vaccination. Good, good. I don't know if it's entirely good, but. It's, it's going to be a big issue.
2: Why? It, there, you I'm can't in. Go, you can't go to school? I'm
1: in. I'm just saying.
2: But you can't go to school without being vaccinated? Like, so let's go.
1: Adam. Let's get vaccinated a and let's go do little over a year into the pandemic and Adam's like, that's it. I've had enough. No, I've get, had get enough. Va- I've get had vaccinated enough. or else. I've had enough
2: of the people that are like, hey, other people are vaccinated so I can do what I want. Like, no. No. Every, this is a societal thing. We're all doing it. And if you don't, then you can't do stuff. That's fine. You don't have to get vaccinated <laughs> if you don't want to. You don't have to. Nobody's yeah. going to force you. Yeah. But do you want to get on a plane? Get vaccinated. Do you want to go to an arena? Get vaccinated. Yeah. That's it. Yes or no? Because, okay, you have every right if you say, I don't want to do it. Yeah, hey, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Fine. Okay, that's fine. Then stay the hell home. That's your choices.
1: I feel, like you're, I feel like you're flipping it on the people who said, in the real height of the pandemic, if you don't feel safe, stay at home. Now you're flipping it on them
2: yeah you the have an option the, yeah. yeah
1: it's no, cuz funny both, how it's funny how it all flips back on each other when you're you know no it's it's 3 no. 3 years ago when people were like not. you don't you don't like it here leave the country no, it's the exact and now opposite. you're getting
2: now you're getting it the other way no it's the exact opposite it's it's before it was stay it was the people that said stay home or like I do what I want I do what I want we said no you have to do what's right for society now you have to do what's right for society again it's it's a very consistent message yeah. the vaccine is there if you you either get it or you're, or you're checking yourself out. That's fine. Be, live on your own island. That's fine. Don't get it. Just don't go around other people. You have the option to get it now. Go get it.
1: Adam comes out uh, swinging for the fences. We're at the D hockey game tonight. NCAA games tonight. We'll come back here. We'll get into the tournament and what the Elite Eight looks like overall and what happened in the Sweet Sixteen.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
2: Kalu oh, positions. And the shot is good. Hits at that time over Marquise Kennedy. Fade away, Lucas. Awatiche cleans it up and puts it in. And that'll do it. What a surprise. Oregon State is going to the regional finals.
0: Hanging at Bar Canada inside the D, it's Cofield and Company. Beaver!
1: Beavers are in. Beavers are in. That wasn't meant for you, ladies. Uh, beavers are in. Please. That was an Oregon State set of highlights. What's wrong? What just happened? I just screamed beaver. I understand right. what happened. I just mean right. what happened. The beavers are in. Come on. It's a trick of the trade. You got a chance to do it. I nah, just me too, two ladies. So, sorry. I'm out. See you later. Now, the Oregon State Beavers are in to the Elite Eight. They are playing tonight against Houston. Um, As long as I'm around Las Vegas doing radio, don't ever send me a tweet saying that UNLV needs to shut down the program. (laughs) Oregon State is in! This is nuts! A team from Corvallis, Oregon is in. That means just about anyone with good management and solid recruiting and good coaching can advance in the NCAA tournament, and this is the way it's going to be forever. I think you're on board with this. I know I've been spouting this now for the last couple of years. The top is shrinking or the gap between the top and the middle in college basketball is shrinking. And with a thousand players now in the transfer portal, it's going to continue to happen in the future. Yes, power schools will still be very good. Yeah. But there's always room to make hay in the NCAA tournament for you on Saturday. What was the most surprising result? Because I thought Loyola would win, so that one surprised me. I wasn't laying the points, but I thought Loyola would win. Was it Baylor getting a first half from Villanova and then Villanova falling apart in the second? Was it Oral Roberts? I thought Oral Roberts would cover that game, and I, I we talked about it yeah. on the uh, podcast on Friday night. Um boy oh boy Arkansas that was close and I'll tell you the, the other one that surprised me I did not think Syracuse would get blown off the floor and look inept offensively and you know what I was thinking the whole time I'm like this is ridiculous for, for me and my rooting interest I'm like Ugh. like just a week before 36 minutes my school Rutgers was freaking boat racing Houston and then blew it down the stretch and they'd already beaten Syracuse during the year so I'm like eh, Elite 8 that would have been nice <laughs> yeah. but anyway what was most surprising on Saturday for you I mean, I think Syracuse never being competitive, not based on the season,
2: because based on the season, Houston is a much better team, uh, but Syracuse had gotten hot, and, you know, they're making shots, and really, everybody talks about their own defense, but it was their offense that was really uh, carrying them in the tournament, and, you know, the defense is also kind of confusing, and and I, I thought they would at least be competitive in that game, so that was surprising. And then, in terms of just overall results, I'm not sure, but the fact that Royal Roberts withstood the run because or roberts was ahead most of the game arkansas just went on a massive run it was like all right they're dead or roberts is dead it's gonna it would they arkansas went up a couple points and it's gonna turn into like a 12 14 point game and or roberts battled back which i thought was pretty surprising even though uh, they weren't able to get the job done in the end that was that was a bit surprising to me because i thought once once they turned it on and once they started getting better shots arkansas has a bad habit of like the first 15 minutes of the game having like the worst shot selection in history of basketball and then all of a sudden they're like okay we that's right we have to go to the basket and we have to get open threes not take mid-range jumpers um we carried on the whole game
1: which by the way don't don't do that tonight no that'd be a mistake you're not gonna have time to mess around although Um,
2: Baylor I mean Baylor when they're not hitting shots like the other day they couldn't hit shots they're not they're not invincible when they're not making shots
1: yeah but you know what's crazy about Baylor as you watched it and this is why they were number one or number two in most people's minds all year long. I hate this term. I really do. But I'm going to use it because they use it for football all the time. It's like, they just have dudes. <laughs> and when you watch Baylor, you're like, all right, they have three guys who are playing on the perimeter. Like when they needed to seal that game against Villanova, they're just like, all right. I, I hate going one-on-one and I hate clearouts. But when they needed to get to the rack, all three of them are like, all right, let's go. Try to cover me. And just boom, either to like 14 feet or right to the rim. Um, and that's that that's what makes Baylor tough. The Sunday games. Did you have any other surprises from Saturday? No. Sunday games. Zags by eighteen over Creighton. Again, Creighton, solid team, yeah. but mid major from the big Catholic was gonna have a tough time competing. I'll say the I'll say the other three were surprising for me. I didn't think Michigan would crush Florida State. I had Alabama going to the final four. I thought me Alabama too. would be able to outscore USC, I don't know, you win, you know, check that, UCLA, 77-72, yeah, yeah. something like that. But game went to overtime, and then UCLA, you know, after it's kind of a low-scoring game, freaking scores 23 in the overtime. Well, the, 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 that game was decided by one thing, free throws. And
2: Can't it's miss them. crazy because Alabama has been pretty good most of the year. Uh, they stress it. And the thing we love about Nate Oates as a coach, it's – and we by we, I mean us nerds, is – Wow. he owned like all they do layups threes free throws layups threes free throws no mid-range jumpers make your free throws make your layups get open threes that's their whole philosophy and they got to the free throw line and they missed like crazy
1: overtime game and they missed a total of 14 free throws
2: yeah and they're t- what 10 of 22 in regulation or something like that you, you can't do that including two in the final what 10 seconds when they could have taken a lead it just you, you can't do that
1: Good for Mick Cronin? Not in this market. Uh, We'll talk more UCLA later on. Uh, And then I thought Oregon-USC would be an even game. And once Oregon went down, like 14, I'm like, let's go. Comeback is in. Right? Started loading up on the comeback. They they didn't even sniff it. Down 20 in the second half. Um, Man, USC zone looked, like, unbeatable. And forget it, with the Mobleys.
2: It was, and they did, like
1: it wasn't even like they had giant games. It was more on the defensive end because every time Oregon threw to the middle of the zone, like they either didn't make a quick decision. Well, it's both. They didn't make a quick decision, and then they got enveloped. They turned around and they're like, "Oh crap, that guy's gigantic in front of me," and they like they couldn't operate trying to beat the zone.
2: Yeah, it was it was a, a clinic defensively, and that is that is one surprising thing. I I loved USC in the game. Uh, it was you one did of one of my bigger bets of the tournament so far nice um, but I didn't think it would go like that um, I didn't think it was gonna be that easy mostly because yeah USC's players are insanely good insanely talented and their length is going to be really interesting against Gonzaga uh, I picked USC to win the region so
1: hopefully oh you did yeah hopefully I didn't know you were that high on southern Cal before the tournament
2: uh yeah if if, uh, if you read our uh, well I'll, I'll I will clarify it if you read our uh, you know our tournament preview Oops, section that I wrote. Sorry. I know. Um, I just I wrote in there region winner USC and I was like, yeah, Gonzaga is the best team, but you got to pick against them. I think USC is the best, the most likely team to beat them. So are you going to be? a
1: Typical sports radio guy when if they pull the upset and just all week, no. the whole week. No, because I picked Gonzaga. Only, only me.
2: Only, no, I only did it. I mean, I'm I, the only one who, who trusted USC. I didn't fully trust them. I didn't pick them on on our on our show. Uh, I think I picked. I was in. like, I'm stunned yeah. by this. I was like, what? Um, hey, what? But yeah, I, mean, I didn't hear you going I'm, crazy. i kind of rode USC throughout the tournament, but yeah. uh, what I was getting at is, 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 is I, like, I love their talent, but I thought Altman against Enfield was going to be a bit of a mismatch uh, in that game yesterday, and it actually maybe went the other way. USC defensively is really good.
1: Yeah, and your guy had a good, had a big game. That could Eugene from Eugene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if he didn't score, he had uh, Eugene Amarillo, He had yeah, 28, 28 and 10, former Rutgers guy and. Uh, if he didn't do that, forget it. Poor Amari Hardy, barely played. Yeah. Yeah. They would have won if he did. Man, he <laughs> that's, played three minutes. That was the key. Damn. Damn. So, a lot of surprises. Yeah. And, and
2: now we've got a, you know, a regional final schedule with no predicted close games. With the smallest spread in the regional finals is seven and a half. You think that's going to be the case, though, the way it plays out? I hope not i mean i'd like to see good games and i also picked an underdog in a important contest here in town today so um that we're running running toward the end of so yeah i I hope at least one underdog covers today but you know i think we want to have good games i mean except for i don't necessarily want michigan game to be close the other ones for rooting interest i'll you know i'll take i'll take some close games and just have fun with them although the fact that they're monday and tuesday is very weird you're still not adjusted I don't like it, and and I was, actually I kind
1: of like it that we're well. It. Normally we'd be on during the during the game. We'd have been,
2: we also would have had we would have had Thursday Friday. Yeah, We would have had the same this you know the same set of a four four games, but I don't think it's going to change because it sounds like the networks loved the fact oh, that really? they had they had four games spread out throughout the day and didn't have any
1: overlap. You think this is going to continue? I think so. Well, that's not, Unfortunately. not good. Fortunately, that's not good for Vegas. Do you think? Or or with the, now with notice, people will be able to plan instead of starting their, you know, two-week journeys. I'm not saying they're staying for two weeks, but two weekends back-to-back. Back, their journeys here, they'll start on Saturday the, instead of Thursday. The only thing, because I— like, can't people stay—I mu- mean, what's the difference, right? Yeah, I, I think— I don't think they knew about it this year. Yeah. A lot of the casuals, I don't think, knew about it, so that's why the place is a freaking ghost town. There's, like, we want you to come down and watch hockey later on. This is Bar Canada that we're at. So we hope it gets crowded, and it's also early. This is noon, so yeah, um, you know, people if they're if they were hanging out, I'm sure they went out. And I was actually down here last night, so it was uh, there was a pretty good crowd on Fremont. We I think we bailed at like 9:30, <laughs> but but, but uh, yeah, I think in the future people can plan; they'll know. But for this year, I think I, it's been a disaster in some ways. The back the back end of both weekends got got hit. Well, the, yeah, the first one the first one is a mess. I don't think they'll they'll keep that. I don't think they'll keep Friday
2: to Monday. It'll still be Thursday to to Sunday. And the, the one thing I think will will save us and move us back to Thursday through Sunday is the Final Four town will want more time. And so they wouldn't want us to just find out Tuesday night who's going to the Final Four. Teams don't necessarily get there until Thursday. Right. And then you have only Thursday, Friday. I think the Final Four likes if people start showing up Monday, like five days the, out.
1: The, the Final Four likes. Yeah. Final Four City. I mean, wherever they're oh. going to be. I mean, from a selfish standpoint. Next year's New Orleans. Yeah, from a selfish standpoint, you and I love going to cover the Final Four, and we We'd covered a bunch in a row. We go down for Radio Row, and then Adam gets to talk to the, you know, 117th best-known coach of the country, who eventually will be a head coach at a Power Five. Oh, our guy was Nate Oates. You love Nate Oates. He was our guy. Well, I remember your other guy was, uh, what's his name, uh, Kermit. <laughs> yeah. Who's at old Miss he, now? Now he, he got a big job, too. Yeah. We, but you start, you we start, are the show that, that if you if you well, become friends with us, you will get a big-time job. Or, tell the truth, what happens at Radio Row with coach offerings? What, that
2: we're the only ones that say yes? Yes. Yeah.
1: That we love college basketball, yes. so there'll they'll be like 30 stations there, and every one of them, is they only want the biggest-name coaches, and we're like, we'll talk to anyone. We love college basketball. Yeah. Well, that was, and it's not like a desperation thing. We're like... We've done years where we're like, we can't even air all these interviews. So just go to the internet and listen to them. Yeah, that was like the four area. hours is not enough to talk to the 38 guys in three days that Adam wanted to wrangle. There was like 20 stations,
2: and they brought in they brought in Nate Oates, and everybody was like, no, we don't want to talk to him. Buffalo and I like jumped up and like, yeah, Nate yep. Oates, bring him over here. We're going to talk about, about his, his teaching job. <laughs> he taught at Romulus High yeah, School Romulus, in Michigan. Yep. He was a math teacher. Uh, like, let's go. Uh, that, that's how we roll. And then we discover the coaches of the future.
1: So I think the biggest news of the day is actually in the NFL. We're going to get to it next. It's a virtual certainty. They're adding a 17th game. The players are not going to be happy. The fans, I think, are going to look at it and go, all right, more NFL.
0: Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.
3: Raiders Bears is interesting though it's in Las Vegas yeah I think I'm gonna go with Raiders minus two and a half I'm going Raiders minus one Dalton uh, and Carr sort of like the I'm, Carr is better than Dalton but not by that much I gotta say something I'm nervous about the Raiders I want to see the Raiders be good I'm nervous
0: you're listening to Cofield and Company live at Bar Canada inside the D Pitcher specials on Coors Light and Heineken
1: later tonight during the Vegas Golden Knights game. This is a hockey bar. So when you come in, sure, the NCAA games will be on, but at 7 o'clock when VGK starts, the hockey sound goes on. So if you are frustrated, you know, at other places around town where you're like, come on, let's get the hometown team on, they have the sound on here. So pitcher specials, also a special Golden Knights Collector Cup as well. It's Steve, it's Adam, it's ESPN Las Vegas, the D upstairs. Bar Canada. Uh, A lot more college basketball coming up, especially on UCLA and USC and Oregon State. Yay, West. Right? (laughs) Yay. Maybe folks on the East Coast, media people, fans, Midwest, South. Stay up. Watch games. Then you won't be shocked (laughs) when teams actually advance, right? Pay attention a little bit. Please. All right. Big news today in the NFL. It's just about official, right? 17th game on the schedule? It's happening. Okay. It's not official, but it's happening. Do you like it? Unofficially, official. Do you like it, or do you have to? As a media guy, do you have to care about the player's well-being? Well, I that always, sounds really callous. No, I always. But care that's kind of that's that kind of is the case here. Like, eh, whatever, they'll be at risk for another game. I always, I always care about their well-being. Um, my problem with it is it's seventeen. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. I, I again, like, I don't want to go negative immediately, and I think a lot of teams. Will have to play well in week seventeen for playoff positioning to make the playoffs. So we always have some drama in week sixteen normally, but there are years where week seventeen, like everything's settled, and they put together some freaking. Well, it's not official, but by the formula, these appear to be the games. Like the Bears and the Raiders is a is a solid game, and you would assume both teams are going to be in that seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven range, maybe ten and six max. If both you know get a lot of things to work out so that game should mean something but i don't know colts and buccaneers yay and then both teams are like tom brady's not playing well it doesn't necessarily mean it's in week 17. oh okay so they're good, they could mix it up right yeah this okay. is just a 17th game so I took it, schedule i took it as okay i took it as week yeah. 17. no 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 all right so then what's your problem with it it's 17 games it, it's an odd number
2: of games it doesn't make any sense and, yes, they're going to make it so that all AFC teams have the extra game at home. But you have an unbalanced schedule. Like, there's okay. nine home games, eight road games. It doesn't make any sense. And at the end of the year, now you've got an odd number of games on the schedule. It doesn't it, – when you, when you do things like, I don't know, draft order, and the NFC teams get one less home game than the
1: AFC teams, like, okay, that's not cool. By the way, I was just checking the, the schedule. So games like Packers, Chiefs, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, Chargers – Washington Bills first comment on field dates uh, newly proposed 17th games first comment a potential Super Bowl preview in Buffalo week 17 So I think a lot of people look at I it mean, same may, way. I maybe do. they will do that. I, I don't I don't know that that's that that's locked in I don't think they should some of the, these are some of these games are unbelievable games Yeah, yeah, and, and you're and I mean, I'm also a big fan of having divisional matchups down the stretch Yeah, me too Right, I mean yeah. the the last week with divisional matchups is awesome because many times, you know, you have a team that's out of it trying to screw over a team that's on the edge. Well, and there's like there's like three or four like really, as you said, really entertaining and exciting games. I'm sure
2: the networks aren't going to go for all these games being in week 17. That too, because they're going to be like, well, we get rights to that one or that one or that one, and yeah. and there's no money night game
1: in the last week. Plus, we just paid eighty zillion dollars. Like, yeah. don't put all these games in a very risky week 17 spot.
2: Right. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I have not well, seen that that's the case.
1: I could be wrong. I, I've not seen that that's the case. Knock though. on the finest marble. This beautiful table down here. It's really nice. It hurts. Yeah, that's it's not the same as this. knocking on wood, I'll tell you. I broke my knuckle. Can I take this with me? How, it would be like a, sure, I would yes. need like a cargo ship. Yes. It would be stuck in the Suez Canal. <laughs> you could put it on top of your car, you'd have four flat tires instantly. Yeah. It would just blow out the tires. Exactly. It's a little, looks, Looks a little heavy. It's pretty fancy. I like it. So everyone else is excited about week 17, or the 17th game, sorry. And Adam, the voice of reason.
2: I, I mean, and, and like, listen, the player safety thing is a, is a concern too, but I know that, like, that's their concern, and we should care about the players and, and the position they're in, and I do, but my, I'm, I'm more concerned with lo- other logistics of the situation of, of having an unbalanced schedule and that sort of thing. I'd rather see 18 than 17. But then again, that's even more stress and strain on the players. I saw the proposal uh, a couple years ago, and I was—I would
1: love if they did something like this and said, "You have 17 games; every player can only play 16." Yeah, I was wondering if that was going to happen. Especially, remember we had talked it out, or you know, went through it with the quarterbacks. Yeah, like you better have a good backup quarterback because there's one week you have to sit the quarterback. Yeah, can but we don't think 16. that's going to be the case.
2: No, I don't. I, it, no, that has not been proposed. That has not been part of it. Um, which. I kind of liked, you know, that. I like the strategy of that too. Which week do you sit your quarterback? Uh, you, do, you, do you hold out and hope that you've already clinched and you can just sit in week 17? Um, how do you make that play out? And then you have to sit a player, you know, at least every player has to sit at least one week so they get an extra bye week. I would love something like that, but that's not part of
1: this. There's no way. No. There's no way they'd agree to potentially sitting the most famous players in a league for at least one week. God, I would love it. I love the strategy more
2: than anything. And, of course, just, you know, for for people that have been following it, they, there is one less preseason game. That's the trade off, but players don't usually play those games anyway. Like the the starting players and players that are going to have the the more stress on their body, it's
1: not like they're saving a game in the preseason because they don't usually play. And then year to year, with your season ticket package, you get nine games one year, eight the next in terms of regular season games. Yeah, it's interesting, and I'm sure teams are going to figure
2: that out too. Start charging you more for those years.
1: Oh yeah. Can't go back. Can't go back and charge more on the uh, seat license, though. Can you? Nope. <laughs> Once they're in, nope. it's already done. Although, I'm sure they'll, they'll
2: be checking the fine print.
1: By the way, that was Eric Eager and uh, George Charuri from the uh, PFF Forecast podcast. And uh, I think it was Eric saying that he's worried. Or it was George? We'll ask. You know what? Eric's coming up, but they're worried about the Raiders, like that there could be a, a fall off the cliff this year. Yeah. Uh, we'll have uh, Eric Eager on from Pro Football Focus in Lesson Five.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. You're listening to Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Rolling on here, early start, noon, up until 4 o'clock. And then we hand it off to the national broadcast of the Elite A. we We're hanging out at the D, spectacular sports bar up on the second floor, Bar Canada. So we played some audio earlier from uh, the PFF forecast, and I'll be honest, I couldn't tell the, the difference voice wise between Eric Eager and George Shururi. Eric, was that you who said you were very worried about the Raiders or George?
3: Uh, it was George. You know, as a by the way, as a as a native Minnesotan who grew up sounding like the MyPillow guy, I feel <laughs> like I feel very. Uh, I'm, I'm so elated that you now can tell the difference between myself uh, and George's voice. Uh,
1: I love that because uh, I still have it here and there, but uh, I got someone last night was like, I, I don't hear a New Jersey accent on you. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I worked yeah, hard, I, like 25 years really to get rid
3: of it. Thank you.
1: Yes, I appreciate that. All right, much to get into. Well, let's get your reaction, first of all, on the news of the day. It looks like the 17th game is going to be in place in the NFL Is it your impression that sort of these mock schedules that we've seen out there, like I heard you guys talking on the the podcast about the Bears and Raiders, that is a game during the season. It's not particular or specifically a Week 17 game, right?
3: Yeah, I would say that that would be, you know, the NFL used to have, like, non-conference games in Week 17, and they were probably the worst product, right, (laughs) of all time. Um, I think that the format they have now where you have divisional matchups is, is obviously hit or miss um, because, you know, you'll have some games that are just unwatchable, but obviously you give yourself more of a chance to have two teams that are playing for the same thing. So I think that the, the 17th game won't be played on Week 17, which I know that tripped Georgia uh, on the show, and I had to say I'm, I'm pretty sure this is just going to be a random game in the middle of the season. It's just going to be added to the schedule somewhere.
2: Who who gets the worst break? I mean, did you look? Did you look through and try to figure out who has the worst of it with the Week 17 well, spot?
3: I think Green Bay and Kansas City both kind of get a bad break playing each other. Right? Yeah. You're talking about two teams who, um, you know, now that the conferences only have one bye week, um, it one whoever loses that game is going to be behind the eight ball in the playoffs um, in either the AFC or the NFC. Um, you know, I think the AFC East gets a nice break by playing the NFC East, <laughs> and the, even though the NFC East is at home, uh, they're not a particular – no, the NFC East will be on the road, all the um, NFC teams. So even that, you know, I think the NFC uh, East, already bad, um, is going to get a bunch of upstart teams like Buffalo, Miami. I think the New York Jets will be a better team this year, and obviously the Patriots are always formidable. So I think the NFC East gets probably the worst draw of them all.
1: Eric Higgers with us, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. What do you guys have planned for the draft in terms of uh, day of programming?
3: Yeah, well, first, we have our our newest draft guide. The final draft guide we're going to produce is up on the site. If you get a a PFF subscription, you'll have that for you. It now has breakdowns of every single team need. Um, It has breakdowns of over 300 draft prospects. So go ahead and get I think that's worth the price of admission. Um, But on draft weekend, we are going to have the 2021 PFF draft show. Uh, which will feature myself, George Shahuri, who's also been on this show, um, as well as lead draft analyst Mike Renner uh, and and some special guests. So I'm really excited for that. It was a lot of fun last year. Uh, I think as you guys can imagine, you know, working in sports, this draft will be a lot more fun than last year's when the cloud of possibly not having a season was over (laughs) us the entire time. Knowing that anything short of a meteor will probably have a football season in the fall. I think it's going to make the draft that much more exciting. The
1: 49ers traded up for what reason, for which quarterback? Is that a good assumption?
3: Uh, for a quarterback, it's a good assumption. Uh, um, <laughs> anything beyond that seems to be, you know, it felt like Justin Fields feels like a, a really good Shanahan quarterback, um, but it sounds like Shanahan's going to the Alabama pro day instead of the Ohio State pro day, so um, is Mac Jones the pick? Mac Jones, as we talked about on this show, his draft prop was 18-and-a-half, um, just you know, three weeks ago, and now he's the favorite to be the number one or number three overall pick at plus one twenty-five. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty. I'd be pretty surprised if they moved those mountains just to take Mac Jones. When you know, for for everybody else's handicap, he's probably maybe a top ten pick. Um, if I if I had to bet right now, I'd still say Justin Fields is the favorite. But there, there was a lot of smoke being blown.
2: Would we would we be mistaken to read into the fact that it looks like Garoppolo is going to be around maybe, so maybe it's a project like Trey Lance that they give a year to develop?
3: And that's a very good That's a very good thought, too. I think Lance, yeah, the interesting thing is you, you have to question whether Shanahan's learned from the Mahomes time or he's still the same person who passed on Mahomes, didn't even really scout him because he thought he had Kirk Cousins in 2017, 2018. Um, you know, does he go a complete 180 and forego the more cousin like picks like Mac Jones and even to some degree Justin Fields for a Mahomes-like prospect uh, in Trey Lance? That's a really good question because I do agree. I think Lance is the best upside. If you sit him a year behind Garoppolo, sort of an Alex Smith-Patrick-Mahomes situation, that could be end up being your best outcome. Um, the, the thing that throws a wrench into this is Garoppolo is a no-trade clause. So he could, you know, in theory, uh, you know, just stay there, as, you know, at least for this season. Um, And San Francisco really can't trade him. So uh, he'd have to agree to go to a a certain destination, which those destinations continue to get fewer and fewer uh, as we move along.
1: Adam, why do you assume he's staying?
3: But I don't – I'm I'm
2: not assuming he's staying. Like, that's the reports that he's staying and that the Niners seem to be insisting that he's staying. I wouldn't have him stay around if I was moving on to a new quarterback, but it seems like that's the direction they're going. I mean,
1: would Belichick be crazy enough to offer his first to get Jimmy G back, or would it just be a second would be the max pick back? What do you think, Eric?
3: Uh, I think the 15th pick is a little rich for my blood. Yes, yes. uh, For a player like Garoppolo, but I think, obviously, pick 40... I can't remember exactly the pick, but pick 45 or so. Yeah, 46. 46 seems pretty fair. Uh, To me, that was what they got for him, you know, to send him to San Francisco in the first place. Um, And I don't know, has has Jimmy overperformed that? I feel like Jimmy's just performed right on the dot there, right? So... Um, with Cam Newton there, still there though, I don't know if if they're going to quite go in that direction. But the way that the draft markets moved at pick 15 uh, two months ago, you were assured of a Mac Jones, and now pick 15, huh. you're probably not even getting one of the top five quarterbacks. I, I think they're they're all slated to go in the top 10 now.
1: Eric Egers with us, pff.com. Um, I, I think I would fire back, and I don't know, Adam. What do you think about this one? That I think Garoppolo is underperformed, and I don't think he's been worth. 28 mil a year in a second round pick it's it's a it's a tough call i just i just saw this this uh, report from 10 minutes ago
2: kyle shanahan said it is accurate that the team is planning to keep garoppolo barring being blown away by an offer shanahan believes it would be hard to find a quarterback who helps them win right now more than garoppolo and is excited to have a quarterback learning behind him so we'll see i mean that seems to be the direction they're going in uh, we'll find out what go what happens there. Uh, would you be interested if you're another team that was looking for a quarterback in trading for Sam Darnold?
3: Uh, I think the price depend. It depends on the price. I'm obviously not going to give up a one for him, um, but I would give up probably a mid second uh, for the F. So if you're if you're Denver right now with you know all these all these weapons that you've acquired in the draft over the past two years, um, and Drew Locke sort of floundering. Would you put some competition into training camp? I would, um, you know, especially now that they're picking at nine to be even assure themselves of Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, they probably have to move up in the draft now. Which again wasn't a situation just even a few weeks ago. It does show the value that these teams see and the value that is apparent in these rookie contracts for, for, for quarterbacks. They're they're just a humongous edge because you know you have the second tier, which is paying a guy like uh, Andy Dalton ten million or the third tier, which is paying a guy like Kirk Cousins $30 million. And I would prefer, obviously, the upside as well as the cost control of a rookie quarterback, and that's why they're all being pushed up this far into the draft.
1: I think that would be a nice package to fetch from the Broncos for Darnold for the Jets. Huh? I'm starting to think the Jets have waited too long on trading Darnold.
3: Yeah, they, and this is an awkward subject, but they've kind of gotten lucky with the Deshaun Watson situation, right, mm. in the sense that that's one tip that you know, let's say the Bears or the Miami Dolphins or, you know, even, yeah, Denver, I think, and Carolina. Those teams are sort of looking for that superstar quarterback, uh, probably, you know, are not going to trade for, for Deshaun Watson at this point. So if they're at all desperate, maybe they do go and, and take a look at Dar- Darnold. I, I think Darnold might be a situation, though, where we're halfway through the first round of the draft. Uh, on that Thursday night, and that's when he's traded. Once everybody knows what's possible for them in the QB position, I think namely that you know, Carolina picking at 8, Denver picking at 9, it, one of those teams is probably not going to get what they want, and hence we'll move on to the next sort of thing, which is probably going to be somebody like Darnold.
1: Eric, why do you think the Eagles bailed on the 6th pick and got out of the top 10? Uh, were they looking for someone you know, particular? Was it Zach Wilson? I've seen that, where they're like, you know what, screw it, we're not getting him, let's get out of here.
3: I think so. I think that I think the Eagles know that. So there, there's differences, right? Like the Niners are a team that I think is a Kirk Cousins-like quarterback away from being pretty damn good. And whereas I think the Eagles know that they're probably a Patrick Mahomes-like quarterback away from being any good. Um, so if they couldn't get somebody, and I'm assuming they view Lawrence and Fields as the only, or sorry, Lawrence and, and Wilson as the only two prospects of that ilk. Once they were unable to do that, they're saying, "Okay, well, we're going to go with Jalen Hurts, uh, Flacco behind him, and we're going to basically try our best this year. But if we lose 12 games, we're going to be now in a in a in a natural position to take a quarterback the following year. Um, you know, anything short of trading up for one of the elite guys, you're setting up. You know, much like the Jets did with Darnold, you're setting up a rookie quarterback to fail. If you look at that that Philadelphia supporting cast, you look at a new head coach, all that kind of stuff." it just seems like a recipe for disaster unless the guy's truly an elite talent, uh, you know, the Andrew Luck ilk. uh, And and that really wasn't going to be the case unless they got up to one or two.
2: Let's go back. We we established it wasn't you that was worried about the Raiders, but I mean, should we be? What is the plan?
3: (laughs) That's a really good question. I mean, I think, you know, they they had such a nice bounty of picks when they got, you know, they let go of Khalil Mack and they they traded Amari Cooper, um, you know, they they didn't really do much with it, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs is a nice running back, but other than that, really they they, they overdrafted Cleveland Farrell. They they Jonathan Abrams has not been what they wanted. Um, even last season's draft, you know, left a lot to be desired. And now you're sitting there, um, you know, looking at that. It's a pretty good offense, but I thought the offense played really above and beyond what you could have expected from them last year. And the defense was terrible. If you get any sort of regression from the offense, which you know happens year to year we've seen Derek Carr be very good as he's been uh we've seen him be average and if you get an average year out of Derek Carr and that defense doesn't improve at least a little bit um in that division where you have to compete with Justin Herbert every day you know every single week uh and that that Denver defense which is really good and let's say they get a quarterback and obviously Kansas City's a force they might be running fourth in that division despite um you know being on year four of John Gruden and, and, and having a solid, but you know, highly paid quarterback in Derek Carr.
1: Eric, awesome spot. Uh, Remind people again, what you got going in terms of uh, your packages for all the draft prospects.
3: Yep. If you go to PFF, you get an elite or edge subscription. You get access to the draft guide. Um, You get access to our mock draft simulator, which allows you to sort of go through uh, and and simulate your favorite team's draft and all the trades to your heart's content. And then, uh, next, you know, the end of uh, next month we'll have our live draft show and hopefully uh, you know, you can tune into that and, and enjoy the, uh, the the fun. The, uh, this, this is March Madness, but uh, I think April is still NFL Madness.
1: Eric, awesome spot, man. We appreciate you being flexible today as well. Thank you.
3: Of course. Enjoy the games tonight, guys.
1: You too. Well, I'm stunned by the Niners. <laughs> like, they clearly have someone they love. Looks two like two additional first round picks to move up, unless they think there is going to be a sweepstakes for that pick, and they were just trying to get there. What and then trade
2: back again? Be yeah. surprised. Two first round picks. I'll tell you what I would do. I would be offering it for Deshaun Watson.
1: That's a good point. How much did we talk about that? The the depressed how, but he, value. But how quickly is it going to be cleared up? I honestly
2: and like it it is tough as as he pointed out it's awkward even talk about it i'm talking strictly from a football perspective and and we can judge whatever we want about his personal life or whatever's going on i would say it is worth it to me if the texans if the if the value is now a first round pick just a first and you say okay the third pick right now for deshaun watson i'm doing it whether like what is he gonna miss a year if he does okay fine I'll play Garoppolo this year, and I got Deshaun Watson going forward.
1: Like, I'll, I'll take that. But well, we have no idea what's going on, and even the way I presented that to you, like, how long is this going to take to clear it up? Like, suggest that this is all phony, and it's going to go away quickly. Like, I, I, it could be – very much could be real.
2: Sure, but can I go can I – I have go, no idea. I'll go to the league. I'll trade for Deshaun Watson. I'll go to the league and say, hey, just suspend him a year. Get it out of the way. We're good. We got Garoppolo this year, and then we got Deshaun Watson going forward. I'm fine, I'm fine giving him a third round pick for that, or the three pick for that.
1: Derek Carr turned 30 this weekend? Oh, yeah. He was on vacation? All right, Adam will tell us where.
0: Visit Cofield's Corner on lvsportsnetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews.